Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. One of Michigan's most lucrative industries is hunting and fishing. But as some of our key agencies change personnel, the endangered species seem to be changing to hunters rather than animals. We have Michigan-based outdoor writer Victor Skinner here to chat about all things hunting. Victor, welcome to the podcast. Hi, good to be here too. So you've Thank you. You've been working in this industry for years and years. And we were talking before we got on the air about the wolf population. That's something that I wanted to talk about because I think that most people don't deal with wolves, so they don't think about it. But the environmental groups, or I would say, I guess the animal rights groups are very effective in manipulating the minds of the average person about the wolf population. And I say that because I remember a few years back when there was a question on the ballot of whether or not we should be hunting wolves. And I live in the lower peninsula of Michigan. In the upper peninsula of Michigan, wolves are a big problem. But I remember these commercials being on of these like puppies you know <laughs> and they would be like you don't want to kill these wonderful puppies how could you do this and it was really effective because i'm like oh my gosh how could we kill these but tell us a little bit about what's going on in the upper peninsula with wolves so people truly understand why hunting is so key to making sure that population is under control yeah i mean uh, uh, the wolves they're under federal protections right now so in michigan you can't um you know, if they're attacking your livestock, your pets or your hunting dogs or whatever, you can't, there's not really anything you can do about it. And, and the Michigan DNR, you know, they can't, they don't have, um, a lethal, con they can't use lethal control methods or anything like that. So you have, um, the wolf populations just, uh, really strong and, um, it's all the way across the UP and it's, you know, causes issues every year with, uh, hunting dogs and with, uh, livestock and, and Michigan, um, we, we have, uh, reimbursed, you know, farmers if they get, um, you know, have animals killed by wolves, but we don't reimburse, uh, hunting people's hunting dogs and, 
uh, pets and those kind of things. So we know that there it's happening a lot, but we don't really know how much because there's no incentive for for you know the people that are out in the woods to report this stuff. I mean, a lot of them do, but um, some of them don't. So you know, there's. Well, I think that's an interesting concept that we would reimburse people for their livestock and their dogs and their pets. But instead of taking care of the problem, I mean, who wants to lose their family pet and the state says, oh, we'll give you the value of your pet. What is the value of my pet? And to me, that's very interesting because you have these groups that are supposed animal lovers that are allowing livestock to be killed and people's family pets to be killed because they're concerned about the wolf population. You said something interesting to me earlier that where this may be an endangered species in California, in Michigan, they the population has been very strong. So why is it that we can't, even though this there is a federal protection over these wolves, why can't we look at different specific areas and say, if this population is hurting the UP in general, can we at a state level do something differently? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the situation is at the federal level and that's where uh, they're protected. And, um, you know, the Fish and Wildlife Service has removed them from federal protection several times. And, um, you know, animal rights groups and anti-hunting groups have used the courts to, to put them back under federal jurisdiction. So that, uh, you know, those protections limit what we can do in Michigan. And, um, you know, the, some of the, uh, legal wrangling over the years has just, um, you know, spent a lot of time, been on technicalities and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, there's efforts ongoing always to get them off of the list because in Michigan, they're well over, uh, their recovery goals and, you know, Minnesota, they're well over their recovery goals and Wisconsin, they're way over their recovery goals, you know? So, um, there's no biological reason to protect them, but, um, you know, these animal rights groups and anti-hunting groups use the, you know, down to the letter of the law to, uh, leverage the courts and, and keep them, keep them protected. So, um, that's where the fight has been is in the courts, you know, and, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, in some parts of the state or the United States, they're not, um, you know, back to where they once were, they're not in every part of the United States where, uh, wolves once lived. So, um, you know, anti-hunting groups use the way the Endangered Species Act is set up to, you know, use those, leverage those technicalities to keep wolves protected in states they don't need to be protected. Do you feel like in the state of Michigan, though, that there is there are these groups coming in that are trying to stop hunting altogether? We talked about the, some of these folks that are getting onto a, a few of these agencies or trying to become a few a part of a few of these agencies that have historically been educating people on the importance of hunting and the importance of conservation and that conservation keeps everything kind of aligned. But Michigan that has not necessarily been the case as we have this wolf population that is growing and we have a deer population that is completely, I would say, close to out of control in the state. We're number four in the state for or in the country for animal collisions with a vehicle. It's over 50,000 deer traffic accidents in a year. We have I mean, everywhere I go, I see deer on the sides of roads. 
there seems to be a push to stop hunting altogether. And you were talking about some of these agencies taking on folks that want to have a different method of controlling the animal population. What would that even look like? Yeah, I know. that's that's a really good question. I mean, in in Michigan, like you know, every state, we we manage animals with hunting and fishing. You know, um, we fund all of the conservation work uh, through federal excise tax on hunting, fishing equipment and um, license sales. Uh, but there is, you know, the, a, a quiet push, I would call it, uh, to towards something else, you know, and, and nobody really knows what that something else might be. But, you know, these sort of groups and these anti-hunting groups and people that don't believe in hunting, they, they don't, they know that, that hunting's a, part of Michigan's heritage. They know that hunting and fishing is part of the culture of Michigan. So they don't necessarily, um, attack it directly. You know, they're, they, uh, they find ways to, um, undermine, uh, and move towards, uh, their, you know, which most people think is the goal of no hunting, you know, and, um, but they're smart, you know, and they have a lot of money and patience and, so they work their angles, you know, and in Michigan this year, we've had a couple of bills that uh, were introduced that, um, you know, one, for example, we have a Michigan Wildlife Council in Michigan, and it's funded through a dollar license sales, a dollar on each license sale. And the whole purpose of the Wildlife Council is to educate the public on hunting and fishing and how that fits into conservation and how it funds all of our uh, conservation work in Michigan. And, um, you know, this bill, uh, filed by downstate Democrats wants to add people to that council that are advocates for non-consumptive, uh, wildlife management, which, you know, I don't think anybody knows what that is. I mean, uh, there's but you that know, it we, would in be America and Michigan, we I mean, managed essentially to, that's right. Yeah, right. But in America and in, in Michigan and North America in general, I mean, that's how we've managed wildlife for ever is through hunting and fishing. I think what you're saying is key because we have been wondering how the culture has changed so quickly over time, whether it is in schools, whether it is with, I mean, even what we're seeing right now with this change of mindset over Israel that we're seeing in colleges, people are saying, how is this happening? How does this how does this happen right under our nose? And I think that this is an, an interesting example of this because you're talking about these bills putting these folks on our essentially an education arm. Does this does this wildlife organization that you're talking about that hunters are actually funding? Again, I think it's important for us to state that, that this is coming from a licensing fee. So hunters are the ones fight funding this education resource that is then going out into the state and educating people. Now they're saying they want to do this with a non-consumptive measure. And these folks that want to use a non-consumptive measure, that's saying that's no hunting. 
no hunting at all. So what exactly, who are they educating? And is this going to our youth? And is this going to our next generation? Is is this the next thing where we see a bunch of activists rising up and saying, you can't hunt anymore? Because I really think that that's the concern of people across the country. How do these activists start? You said they're well-funded. And that to me is key because this starts like this with a small bill, a few people getting on a committee and infiltrating the education of the younger people. Is that what you you see? The, is this the beginnings of something like that? I think it's been going on for a long time, you know, and I just think that I, uh, culture does have a lot to do with it, um, you know, and culture in schools have changed. And, you know, we used to have uh, uh, hunter safety in schools. I mean, some still do, but I mean, less over the years, you know, you, and it, as those kind of things go away, then it just makes it easier and easier to kind of, uh, chip away at towards, you know, anti-hunting stuff. And, um, you know, and it's not just in Michigan, it's a national thing. It's, um, you know, we just had a federal legislation that had to clarify that federal funding can be used. Certain federal funding can be used for shooting sports and can be used for hunter education programs because the Biden administration had interpreted, uh, you know, laws to, say you can't because uh they use dangerous weapons and they use a technicality to to try to um push back on you know those kind of programs so it's it's all little steps little steps you know towards their end goal which i you know they don't always necessarily come out and say you know we don't we want to end hunting but um that's the direction you know and um they are well funded like i said because they raise money off of those videos you were talking about the you know wolf pups and stuff let's take a quick commercial break we'll continue next on the tudor dixon podcast across america bp supports more than two hundred seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico it's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. 
Go to lifelock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. So when you see those commercials, people, and just in general, if you see this, whether it's on TV, whether it's on Facebook, these groups do raise a lot of money through tugging at the heartstrings of people who go, oh my goodness, how could you do this? And and they are very effective. When this was running, this was probably 2010-ish that these, these commercials were running in Michigan. And it was honestly so effective. And then I had a friend who whose husband is working in the DNR and they were up in the UP. And actually her mom was telling me, they're at their wits end because the wolf population is so bad up there now that he's constantly called to different people's homes because they've had a wolf in the backyard attacking the livestock, all of these things. And it was like, wow, I'd never even considered it. And if you don't live it, how are you educated on the other side? And these groups, these wildlife groups that are supposed to be educating on conservation should be educating us about this stuff. And now we potentially have these folks. And and that's how we talk about big government. We talk about people getting involved in things that they shouldn't be lobbyists, that kind of stuff. But that's how that happens. This gets into this infiltrates into these areas and the hunters are potentially no longer safe in the state of Michigan. But the crazy part about this is you talk about all the money that goes into these licenses there is so much money that comes into the state of Michigan because of hunting and fishing, because it is such a big part of not only our culture, but our economy. It could actually be a much bigger part of our economy. There have been a lot of folks who have said, you know, if you look at other states, they're bringing in a massive amount of money on hunting because they auction off licenses for elk, for bear. That's something that we could do in the state of Michigan that we don't do. You even talked about the UP hunters now not wanting to go into the UP because they don't want to deal with the wolf population up there. So now we have a concentrated amount of hunters in the northern Michigan in the upper or in the lower peninsula, but northern Michigan area. How is this impacting the economy and what could it do to the economy if we suddenly slip away from hunting. And I think that the way they want to do this is to stop the next generation. It's not necessarily to stop the hunters now, but stop the next generation from hunting. And then what does that do to not only the population of the animals, but to the economy? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's multi-billion dollar industry in Michigan, hunting and fishing. And, you know, the whole premise of of the anti-hunting and to to turn people away from hunting and these, these, you know, the wolf pup videos and, and those kind of things is based on people being ignorant about how we manage animals, you know? So they see, they see, uh, initiative designed to educate people about the way it works as a threat, you know? And so that's why you see bills that, um, look to put people, you know, to, to neutralize that threat. They want to put people on these boards that, um, advocate, you know, something completely different than, than the way it works. And, um, that's where it's coming from, you know, and it, it, you raise some important things, you know, the, the wolf problem in the UP, it's not just, you know, one guy lost a hunting dog or something. It's, you know, wolves roaming through the middle of downtown. It's, you know, people scared to let their kids out in the backyard to play. It's 
you know, people losing their pets, you know, like we talked about. And, um, and then there's other cascading effects, you know, so now, um, you know, I talk to these bear hunters every year and, you know, every year they're saying the wolves are worse. The wolves are getting more. This is the worst I've ever seen, you know, and the next year, this is the worst I've ever seen. So, um, you know, a lot of them just won't even go to the upper peninsula now. So they're coming and they're, there's more bear hunters hunting the Northern lower peninsula and that, you know, rankles other bear hunters that that's, where they hunt, you know, so their, their hunting spots are public land is getting, you know, busier and busier. And so it's not, it has a cascading effect beyond just local people in the UP and, and the anti-hunting groups, you know, they, they know that a lot of the people in Michigan live in the lower peninsula. They know a lot of people, uh, the, bulk part of our population is, uh, you know, around, uh, metropolitan areas. So, and they know that those people don't understand wildlife management. So that's where, why those videos are effective. That's why they can, um, leverage that, uh, for any hunting reasons, you know, and, um, it's going to have a big impact on our economy on, on a lot of things, you know, um, so, I will say it's very interesting to me because we struggled to get hunters to go out and vote. And, and for example, the Traverse City area, which is northern Michigan, that that's that area went blue for the state rep for the first time in years. And it was shocking to us because in that area, it went blue. There were about 800 votes that won that for Democrats in the, for the state rep. And in that area, you have 2,300 folks who are registered to hunt, but not registered to vote. And yet these decisions are being made. I think it, to me, it's very key because right now we're looking at something that we don't, we don't know what the future is of the DNR right now, because Whitmer came out in her first term and was very, she put somebody in there as DNR director that people felt, okay, this is someone that comes from the conservation background. This is someone who we can trust, who is going to be an ally. And I think that was kind of a false sense of security for, for the first four years, because she's obviously made it clear that she's got whatever climate goals, whatever climate goals are to her, but she has climate goals. And we know that that can sometimes extend into this area of hunting and, and making sure that you let all of these animal advocates in, but she also has strong anti-gun rules as well. She wants to make sure that this state is anti-gun. That hurts hunters. And and you said earlier, all of these things that, that hunters are buying, there are taxes. When you talk about the amount of money that comes into the state, that's coming in on bullets, that's coming in on weapons. All of these things are bringing money into the state. But she is very much anti-gun, pro-environment, and, and that is sometimes whether or not we're saying pro-environment pro-environment to, to some people is not hunting. And so we just see that she direct, she appointed a new DNR director, the Scott Bowen. The interesting thing, I tried to find out information about this guy because I wanted to talk to you about him, but he's like, there's no information. He's been for, for a couple decades, he's been the Michigan lottery commissioner and director of the Michigan lottery. But he doesn't even, when he talks about being appointed to this, 
position of DNR director, he's like, you know, I've got great experience leading agencies. Never once does he say he's a hunter or that he understands the outdoors or that he is he understands the importance of this industry to the state of Michigan. He talks about being a guy that manages agencies. Is this scary to the hunters out there that they don't know anything about this Scott Bowen who was appointed by Gretchen Whitmer? Yeah, I mean, I think that that they don't know what to make of the guy, you know. And uh, you know, the folks that I've talked to, the the leaders of these conservation groups and stuff, they they don't know who he is. So, I mean, that tells you something right there. If there's somebody that's been involved in you know Michigan outdoor policy for four decades and they have no idea who this guy is, then I mean, that he's obviously not engaged with with uh, you know outdoor community the the conservation groups and and you know the people that are involved in the day-to-day um work in michigan to manage animals so i mean i they don't know anything about the guy and they are kind of the people i've talked to are in kind of a wait and see sort of mentality i mean they're optimistic you know but they don't know one way or another they had somebody there uh that was a leader from, you know, Michigan United Conservation Clubs that was leading the DNR. And so that was a good, a good sign, you know, but uh, he's gone now and they had an interim director that was from the DNR that, um, you know, the conservation community knew really well and she did a great job and um, she's still involved, but uh, I don't, they don't know anything about. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. 
you talked about the education that the other side is doing. There's a massive amount of money coming in to educate people on, you know, not not hunting, why you shouldn't hunt. But I would say that the our side has been a little remiss in educating on why we do this. And and I'm saying that not from the state agency standpoint. I'm saying just getting the overall message out, whether it is bringing money in for ads or I mean, we had Ted Nugent on and he was talking about all these different rules in Michigan that I had no idea about. But when you hear it from him, you're like, wow, that really doesn't make sense. Why aren't we doing a better job of getting this message out? And and you really question whether or not that's going to happen with a new DNR director that comes from Gretchen Whitmer, who clearly wants to eliminate guns in the state of Michigan. And we know what that means. That means she wants to get rid of hunting in the state of Michigan. Before I let you go, I have to ask you one more thing, because I have noticed that there are a massive amount of deer in our area, and I'm on the west side of Michigan. We actually, a few years ago, had sharpshooters come in to get rid of the deer. Rather than hunters, they brought in like government people to come in with that it were sharpshooters get rid of these deer then people aren't eating the deer the deer aren't going to the, the shelters or anything like that what is the point of getting to the the place not refusing to give out enough licenses to hunters to reduce the herd but then having to bring in sharpshooters to get rid of these deer i mean why would that ever happen that seems like a complete blunder of government that's a good question i mean a lot of times that boils down to the the local, um, the local leaders of some of these places, you know, and, um, they, that's a good question. And I've asked that question before several times, you know, why they don't leverage hunters more for these kind of, um, these kind of problems. And I think part of it, uh, I mean, and at least like around where we are is, is having hunters, um, in more suburban areas makes people nervous. You know, um, because they don't know, you know, who the people are and they right. feel more comfortable with having a so-called professional uh, take the deer out, you know. But it's the reality is, is, you know, it, there's people that hunt every day all across uh, or not every day. But I mean, during the season all across Michigan that uh, bow hunt and um you know, that's a really effective way to get deer and it's not like your bullet's going to go. So there's, my point is, is there's ways to do it. There's smart ways to do it that, that they could uh, save a lot of tax money by not paying, you know, sharpshooters, but it's uh, a lot of these places. I think they just wait until the problem's too big and, um, you know, then they're scrambling to, to figure out a solution. And just for people to understand how big of a part of Michigan culture this is, when I moved up here 20 years ago, we moved up here because we bought a family foundry and the, the, obviously the fam, the foundry had a lot of, it was a lot of men who were hunters and a lot of families that worked in the foundry. And when we moved up here, it was funny because I came from the suburbs of Chicago. So honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't grow up with a lot of people who were big hunters. And when we moved up here, they were like, yeah, on, the first day of hunting season, you might as well close down. We're like, what do you mean? They said, well, nobody's going to come to work. I mean, that's just a fact. This is like a holiday. 
in the state of Michigan. And it really, I mean, the, the factory just cleared out, you know, everybody's like, Hey, it's the first day hunting season. We're out of here. And it was, uh, it truly is a part of their culture, a part of their families, a part of what they've grown up with. And that is being threatened and threatened from all different areas. I do believe that it's getting into our schools that they're teaching people. They're teaching our young people that hunting is bad. They're trying to stop it from other directions in government. And that's why I think it's so important that we, we fight back against this, not only for the culture part of it, but just the, the safety factor. I mean, how, at what point does a wolf attack a human? Does a bear start attacking humans that, that people go, oh, shoot, I guess we actually should have stopped us or and not even it doesn't even take an attack. I mean, we had a friend that lost a family member a few years back because of hitting a deer. Hitting a deer in your car is extraordinarily dangerous as well. This is irresponsible for people to say you should stop hunting. I'll say one more thing. Sarah, can you hand that to me? Because I have to read it. So last year, this is how the other side works. Last year, I posted this because I thought it was funny. It was just something someone else had posted. And I posted this on Twitter because I think because I think we are still allowed to have a sense of humor, but some people don't. So it says, the longer I live in a blue state, the more I understand why the deer here throw themselves in front of our cars. <laughs> it's like, because obviously people, well, the comments that I got on this were like so ridiculous. And we, it was, it was, it had like 1700 quote tweets because people were just crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, how can you make fun of suicide? And you're such a horrible person. I'm like, it was a joke, people. I don't really believe that the deer are committing suicide, but with these last bills that they passed in the past week here in the state of Michigan, it could be possible that the deer are at least trying to get away from them. So hopefully everything will change with hunting in the state of Michigan, but we are blessed to have Victor Skinner out there reporting all the time on what's going on and making sure we're aware. And maybe we need to just put a little bit more money into education on our side. But Victor, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you too. And thank you for joining us on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Looking for natural, healthy weight loss support? Try MD Blend Dr. Formulated Metatrim. MD Blend offers a money-back guarantee if not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Metatrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flour, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and the doctor-formulated blend in Metatrim can provide healthy weight loss support. Nothing to lose but weight with Metatrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. 
iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.